June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. and welcome to season nine, episode 13 of this year's audiobook loving series. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with author TJ London. And we have also with us, um, TJ, you're going to have to give us that little special name that you give her sometimes, uh, <laughs> but is author and audiobook producer, Danielle Lesarada. Hopefully I got that right, Danielle. I'm sorry if I didn't. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, she's also the owner of Olivia Nightfall Studios. Welcome, ladies. Thank Hello. You. We're number 13. Yes. We're, you guys we're lucky. lucky. We're lucky number 13. Thank God the Mercury retrograde's over, right? right. <laughs> a lot of oh, people there, think 13 is a, is, a, is, a, is, is a bad number, but actually 13 can be pretty lucky. It's funny, you know? So, well, yeah. it would have been even more lucky if it was Friday the 13th during a Mercury retrograde and we were number 13, then we would have been really lucky, right? Yes, that would have been very extra, extra. But it's Monday and I get to talk to you guys on a Monday, so I'm excited. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, um, uh, TJ, what was that nickname that you were giving her about the we we have with us today? Our rare bird sighting. <laughs> oh, our rare. Yes, it is a rare bird sighting today. I I told her I was going to call her out for this. <laughs> yes, we have Danielle. She does. She's the kind that doesn't like to be seen or heard. No, seriously, she's she's the I, unsung. I stay behind the scenes. <laughs> She's the unsung hero, basically, the unseen hardest working girl in the audio business. So welcome <laughs> that rare bird. Yeah, <laughs> and, I love, and I love popping cherries, so thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to assist you in this yes, process. Yes, <laughs> this is a lovely threesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> Uh, you remember that apology paper that I put oh, up yeah, here and yeah. the and the and the paper tantrum notes yeah. that I gave you? Yeah, already. I already apologized ahead of time. <laughs> well, TJ has been here a few times already because I love having her more often than not. And <laughs> this is gonna be a fun episode, folks. Sexual innuendos everywhere. <laughs> TJ likes to keep <laughs> TJ likes to keep coming back. But when we start with TJ having you a little tell us a little about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started, the short version since <laughs> So before I say anything, I, I don't want you to like, you know, you're going to pull it on me where you, you change all the questions because now I know all the answers. I did borrow, I did borrow that from Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I'll be very <laughs> honest with you, but um, so yeah, I'm TJ London. This is time number four, I, I think. think so. I think this is one, two, three. Yeah, four. Yeah. Last time I was here was with the Man of War cast and that was super fun. So now I get to be here with Danielle. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> um, obviously, I um, I write American Revolutionary War historical fiction. Um, I have four books on the market currently. I started writing about oh my gosh. Well, I started writing a long time ago. I think I've said it before when I was a kid, but I really got serious about writing about maybe ten years ago. And my first book, The Tory, came out in 2018. And then in 2020 my first audio came out. So that kind of introduced me to this whole audio world. And, and now we're looking at audio number four, uh, the turncoat, which will be coming out um, in July of this year. So that's, that's me, but I really want to push the conversation over to Danielle. Danielle. Because... <laughs> Already? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. Turn. The conversation. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> 
All right. So I'm Danielle, but everybody calls me Danny. Uh, like I said, I stay behind the scenes. <laughs> I own Elysian Nightfall Studios, where I do mostly post-production for video and audio. Every once in a while, I dab into production. Um, I, I only do very few of those because I like to be involved in every step of the way, <laughs> which is very time-consuming, but uh, but it's so much fun. <laughs> time-consuming. <laughs> As I laugh secretly over here maniacally. <laughs> Danny, and you also are an author. Share about that. Yeah, I write a little of everything, horror, romance, drama. I always say that the only thing that I have in common between the book series that I write is that in every book, there's at least one character that needs therapy. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. yeah. I was like, that's, that's, of all the things to have, you know, something. Only one? I feel like I have okay. all of I, them. I said at therapy. least one. At least <laughs> one. I was say, Danielle, you produced my audios. I, like my whole cast needs it. Seriously. <laughs> like uh, I have uh, the, the Sinner series. So pretty mm -hmm. much every every character in there needs therapy. So <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> Which is fabulous, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, read it. I love it. It's awesome. So just my plug in for it because I really love it. Thank you. So you guys are the dynamic duel when it comes down to um, making TJ's fantastic stories come to life via audio for us. Tell us a little bit about the process of what it looks like to work together. You know, how, how did that start? TJ, stop laughing. <laughs> Do I need to say be nice? <laughs> and that's at me, not at her. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's a fun process. Um, TJ always wants more, and I always agree to it, so it works out. <laughs> but it it you know it's a it's a group thing. We couldn't do it without so many amazing narrators, and we have a lot of them, which make it extra special to have you know a different voice for each character. And really, they they've become the characters over the projects. You know, like Tara. She is Dallas. There's nobody else who could ever voice that character. Yeah. Uh, whenever I go to email her about anything, I almost type Dallas instead of her name. <laughs> I call Adam Alexei already and like he hasn't even read the Rebel yet. He hasn't narrated yeah. it yet. So I just like, yeah. hey, Alexei. And he responds in email. He's like, okay. <laughs> and there's just a lot of passion all around, which helps. That's one of the main things that I wanted. You know, I wanted everybody to involve to be really passionate about the characters in the project, and that that makes a huge difference. Yeah, what's uh, what I find fascinating with the two of you is usually traditionally, especially if it's your part of the top five, the the big five publishing houses, usually authors don't have a whole lot of say when it comes down to the casting and who gets cast and what that process looks like. Indie authors tend to have a lot more control but also depending on if they work with a production company or not and what that looks like. Cause again, different dynamics for different things, but TJ is very involved with yeah. casting, which I love because who, I mean, who knows better than the author that created right. the, right? And they're, these are complex characters and finding the right voice. So how does that work be between the two of you? Cause it's, it's a rare, you know, rare relationship in these days yeah. of audio to have someone, you know, that dynamic going. I'll let you start Danielle. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you start. With I, I don't that. know if it's because I went I, I went to school for digital cinematography, so I came with a little bit of uh, film background, and that could be the reason why I enjoy that kind of collaboration. Like you said, you know, nobody knows the characters better than the author, 
and having the author involved just gives so much it gives more you know you have that extra insight um of course there there are characters that i've come to know as much as she does but like for example when we're casting alexi uh we we had so many amazing auditions they were all like just amazing uh so i sent it over to her and i sent it without names and uh but i already knew who she was gonna pick oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes that yeah. was fun yeah um and for those that don't know when uh when, when when that happens when auditions are sent without names it's traditionally called the blind audition and that way there is no bias as far as who is or thinking oh this is going to be great because it's so and so or oh this might not work because it's so and so this allows for a complete unbiased opinion of just the voice and the character tj so i was just going to add um it's interesting because i came into audio really not knowing anything about audio which is the way i think a lot of us do whether mm -hmm. we be independent or we be traditionally published whatever your whatever your background is as an author and for me you know it was one of those things that like it's twofold i'm a control bitch or a control freak, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's it's fine. I admit both. Um, and I'm intimately, I mean, every author is intimately connected with their characters, but I feel like I'm even more so one because I write from counseling and two because it's an ongoing story. Like I don't just step into a story and then step out and step out and step out into different stories. It's just one big ongoing story, right? So I as as we were working through the audio process, I just like felt this need to be more engaged in the voicing and the performance. And I, I'm also one of those people that like does want more. I'm like, yeah, give me more voices. Give me more acting. Give me more noise. Give me more everything. You know, like I'm always like everything. I think I live in excess of it, but that's okay. Right. Some of us mm -hmm. do. So I wanted it just like bigger and better. And the thing was, if I wasn't ever going to have a TV show, which God, I would love to, but I mean, if I wasn't, <laughs> I wanted my audio to represent like that, that version of how I see it grandiose in my mind. Right. So it was interesting. Danielle just really is kind of, is she, I mean, she not kind of is a visionary, right? Like I have the idea and she helps me execute on it. And so it's like the perfect to me setup for mm -hmm. an author who wants to be involved. Like I would tell Danielle and I, and I told her, I go, she never tells me no. Like I'm, well, I'm sure she would, if it was a bad <laughs> idea, but I mean, I there, have been times, <laughs> there have been times where she's like, maybe not like that, or maybe not that way. But she never really ever said no, Tracy. When I was like, can we have more actors? Like, what about this? What about this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. I hear it. Like even on Man of War, can I get some cannons in the background? Can I get a little fire? She's like, oh yeah, yeah, I see that, you know? So it's nice because like, she kind of gets my vision and she helps me like bring it to life, but also has her own vision for how it needs to sound. And, and there's a trust component that you have to have when you have that much love and care of your own work that the person you handed over can execute on your vision and also take it to a place where you couldn't take it. So um, for me, like having this collaborate, I, I could not have asked for a better setup as somebody who has really like embraced the audio medium as really how I've gained most of my fans. So I'm very fortunate. I tell her all the time, thank you for not firing me <laughs> as your client. <laughs> because as passionate as I am on this phone call and this podcast and on, you know, everything that I do, I am that way in my work. And I recognize that, you know, 
there, I mean, people can either take that as over the top or people can go, no, no, I get it. And I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it something great. And she's that person who goes, no, no, I get it. I can take this and make it great. So, um, yeah, somebody else might have fired yeah. you, though. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I, think, I think one good way to put it is that we really help each other think outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the reason, and I will give her credit for one thing. There But this is a big one. So the fans will be very happy about this. There is an Alexi book because of Danielle. And there are, uh, well, actually three Alexi three books. books. Of Danielle. So far. Yeah. So far. No, 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 no. <laughs> but truly, Danielle, like, loved that character, which I was always like, why? Why? Mm -hmm help me understand, but she kind of fell in love with it and was always like, is there going to be a Lexi book? Like, I don't remember if you were like needling at me or if it was like little <laughs> bites or if it was, you know, like in my sleep, you were sending off like vibes at me, but eventually there became the Lexi book. And I'm like, Hey, it's your fault, man. It's your fault now. So, um, so I actually planned to dedicate the book and I'm not joking. And she knows this to her and like, here it is for better or worse. You know, um, so yeah, but I have to thank her for that too. She really does inspire me to, to, to do different things, not only in my writing, but in my, in my audio. So mm -hmm. yeah. Also, Danny is a fan of audiobooks too. So I think that that helps with that passion is that she can kind of see where, where we're currently at in an industry versus where we could be and where we're going to make it so much yeah. better. Cause right now, I mean, this whole multicasting is relatively newer in the audiobooks, yeah. in the romance. And because it used to be known as radio shows. <laughs> and, right. In the 1940s. In the 1940s right? and the 50s. I mean, that's also kind of how the transition into TV actually happened. But what you were seeing in I Love Lucy shows, it was exactly what was performed in the radio with the sound effects and the door knocking and the heels and stuff like that. And the multicast where everybody had their own role. And now we're going yeah. back into that. And that was like one of the feel good things about COVID mm -hmm. because it really helped, uh, you know, so many narrators starting to work, started to work from home. Um, and, you know, with us doing multicast, it just made it so much more affordable for, for authors to, to be able to get that for their audiobooks. Because there's a no, no need for renting of a studio when they both have Right, <laughs> no need to, you know, travel expenses for everybody to record in the same studio too. Yeah. So, you know, now we can have, we yeah. have uh, throughout the saga, we have some narrators in England, we have one in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So imagine trying to get everybody in the same studio to do that. Oh God, no. <laughs> well, it, it wouldn't have happened. And the interesting thing too for me was that like, I don't think I would have gotten into audiobooks or producing my books in audio if it hadn't been for the pandemic, um, because it was one of those things that, you know, I wasn't able to go to any book events and to really get out there and advertise myself. And I was kind of grounded at home, like not my usual work travel either. So like with this much energy, you like, you have to do something. So it was when I got reached out to you about my first audio production, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is a good thing. So um, it, it certainly was what's good for me as an author in terms of exposure and learning more about it. And, and then obviously, you know, then we, I started to see more of these duets and was like, Oh, why can't I do that? And then I started seeing multicast. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, and, and then it just kept going and going. So um, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been yeah. a really interesting process and learning curve too. 
Yeah, because there's a lot to learn. I think a lot of times people think, oh, it's it's easy or, oh, I have a production company, do it. And then, you know, the results may be great, but also like, oh, I wish I would have done this differently. And we yeah. don't know what we don't know. And sometimes we don't have anybody in our lives, whether personal or work life or even social media that can have that conversation of, hey, make sure that you ask for X, Y, Z. I think now we're being a bit more vocal in what this process looks like and, you know, how can an author go about getting their book titles in audio and the variety of options they have, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even myself as an author, when I did my first audiobooks was before I start, started working with audiobooks. So, you know, there were one narrator, there was a lot that I didn't know. And now I'm going through the process of redoing some of those audiobooks to make them multicast because they're really so much more fun uh, but of course, I mean, I'm keeping the same narrators from back then for, for the main character because they were amazing, just adding more to it. I was just going to say also, it's one of those things too, where like, I know for myself, why I wanted to go to multicast was like, there were certain voices I just really wanted to hear. Like the Tory was done by four perspectives, but they were done individually. Like everyone, they did all the voices within those perspectives. I was like, oh, but I really want to hear Patrick Zeller read this line. And I really want to hear Tarla Jella sing this, say this line. And so it was one of those things that I was like, is that a thing, right? And then it, and it was starting to just get bigger and bigger at that point. And yeah. so it's, it's that, it's that it just it kind of blooms once you do one it just gets it just kind of yeah. blooms on its own yeah and let's face it the moment that Patrick Zeller says Johnny as Delancey <laughs> those need to be his voice every time uh, Patrick Zeller Patrick can say Zeller. just about he can say just about anything in my audio and I'll be like yeah all right there you go um <laughs> But it is the truth. I actually, that is the truth. And, and, and Danielle will attest to this. What, the main reason I did want to go was uh, go with uh, the multicast, you know, doing their own parts essentially was because there was a scene in The Traitor where I absolutely wanted to hear Patrick Zeller do the narration because it's just, he's just, he just embodied that character. And I'm like, oh gosh, nobody should be doing those lines. So uh, kudos to him because it's his fault. Um, there you go. <laughs> Patrick, uh, now you know if you didn't before, all this is your fault. It's all your fault, <laughs> right? And and I, 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 honest to gosh, I have a super duper love for my original cast that came on um, for the Tory. They've stayed with me, you know, right mm -hmm. into the other books. And I, I kind of look at them as like on this, this like journey with me. And obviously Danielle's been with me since the very beginning too. So it's kind of been like this journey together. And, um, and there's a deep love and trust there with that group of individuals because they, you know, really kind of, said, yeah, we'll, we'll take a chance on, on narrating this. I mean, obviously it's a job, right. But they, they put their heart and their passion into it and really set the tone for how it was going to go moving forward. So. Yeah. Because even though there are romantic elements in your story, it really is a historical fiction with romantic elements. And a lot of the narrators are more traditional romance, you know, as far as that goes, maybe some may not have even done a historical ever before. And, and now they're doing a historical, which is, you know, all the rays now, thanks to Bridgerton. Uh, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where, you know, it allows to, for them as actors, which a lot of them are from the theater or the films and TVs to really expand their, their skill sets in, even though it's an audio format, but I mean, like Patrick Zeller has, you know, plays a villain and then he'll play a bunch of drunk guys like he did a man of war and you're going, holy shit. I mean, I have a really good ear. And there were times where I'm going, texting TJ, TJ, was that, was that Patrick? And she's like, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> or, or even Jason Clark in that yeah. one. There were, I mean, we know that he's like an audio chameleon, right? Like we get yep. that. 
But there are times where he could like, I, I had fans ask me like, who did this voice? And I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, who do you think did it? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's one that always stands out. Like no matter what voice he does, you know who Don Hartley is. You're like, oh yeah, that's Don Hartley. <laughs> um, but, like, and we have a couple of new cast members. Yeah. They uh-huh. are fantastic too. And I warned TJ, I said, you know, um, you were going to listen and you're not going to know who it is <laughs> because they were just, wow. Yeah. I have no doubt with like Adam Gold has, yeah. I mean, he, oh my gosh. Like he sent us after his audition, right. When he was starting to do some of the early clips for us, he sent us like five different versions of one, like line. Okay. He's like, I can see it going this way. And I can see it going this way. And Danielle and I are like, which one like how are we supposed to choose Mm -hmm. it was like you know it was like picking a like perfection out of a pile of like perfection I mean it was just fabulous and they were all so very different right Mm -hmm. and it was interesting to to hear that so he was very interesting and then obviously we have Connor who uh, does some different characters and they have very different sounding voices too as well and I'm like oh that's him and I I think it'll be really surprising for his fans too to hear him do you know, some different things and, and stuff like that. And then obviously Samantha too, she's going to be playing some different characters too, as well. So I think it'll be fun. Especially because again, going back with the, the, the romance side of things where a lot of the listeners are used to hearing, like, for example, a Connor craze to have more of that deeper alpha Dom kind of voice, even though a lot of times people tend to sometimes forget he's a Shakespearean, you know, actor, he does accents. I mean, if you would know that he has a great Irish accent, but there's other things too. It's just, again, it's just being able to expand the skill sets and get into these different characters without having to worry about wardrobe. Oh, he will be doing alpha. It might not be all romance, but. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, we don't really complain, but it, it's just very fascinating when they get to get into these roles where we as listeners sometimes go, who was that? And realize it's the same character, you know, same actor doing different voices. And then we're also getting these completely different personalities because I mean, there's some that you just love to hate, you know, in your books, because if for those that may not have ever listened or read a TJ book, TJ London book, um, besides the fact that you're going to want to, she writes these characters without asking for forgiveness in the sense of like, some of these people are downright bad not like bad good but like bad (laughs) bad I do want to say for my baddies though to 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 their credit all the people who come in and do my baddies like they kind of get excited about it (laughs) (laughs) and and they're willing to go there too as well so that really helps I mean like Marnie Young is like the quintessential bad girl in my series and she is the sweetest woman in the world right yeah um and she just goes there. So uh, I know I, I know I interrupted you on that one, but I was just, I had to make that comment. Like they all kind of go, like even Connor, when we dialogued, and I know Danielle will agree with it. We were like, well, okay, I recognize this is a little different than what you're used to, but here's what we see and here's what we think. And he's like, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it, you know? So they all get pretty excited about like almost jumping out of their skin a little bit. I don't ever look at a narrator as being a romance narrator. I'm gonna be very frank with you. Good. I look at all of them as a, as a voice, as a canvas, right? Like actually more, more, more essentially as paints to me. Like I think in terms of like my writing and painting and layers, right? 
and I each edit is the building of a portrait, right? I kind of look at their voices when we hear them as painting in layers. Do they mix well together? Do they sound pretty together? Do they, you know, not do they look pretty together, but do they sound pretty together? Do they like build off each other? Do they enhance each other when we hear them together? So even the villains become really essential because you don't want another Delancey you know, you don't want another Patrick Zeller. So then you put yourself a, a John Hartley, right? And then you put yourself a, you know, um, we essentially have a Connor Kratz, right? That's going to do one of the voices. So as you add them, like these are different sounds, but they can all like kind of come together and sound right together. So I do want to say when it comes to voices, for me, it's like, I don't ever look at them like they're a romance narrator. Yeah. I look at them, I look at these individuals like, is that a voice I want? Do you know what I mean? And I'm always looking and listening and asking and, and, and Danielle, like Danielle will tell me, I've heard this or I've heard this or I've heard this. I mean, even you, Viv, right? Yep. You've been like, hey, have you heard this? John Hartley, for example, you were like, <laughs> hey, have you heard this one? You know, I mean, you've put several of them out there to me. And then I have other friends who are like, have you heard this? Have you heard this? And then just mm -hmm. what I see on my own. So it's very much a, um, you know, like that, that's kind of how I look at it. And I know Danielle has probably her own ethos when she goes looking too, but. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I do something similar and I'll listen to, you know, a narrator, whether they're reading romance or, you know, and I'm like, okay, I wonder what they could do with this type of book. Mm -hmm. Like in Connor is one example where we're like, okay, I think he would be really, really good here. It's, it's like nothing he has done before that I've heard. But I think it's going to be great. And he he's just perfect. <laughs> well, I think they get they get typecast. I think that's the, the issue. Yeah. So I, I love that we're talking about this because audiobook world is this huge lake and there's a small corner with the different genres kind of things and all, all over the place. Absolutely. And sometimes they get stuck in that one little side of things where their gifts can, you know, can be almost swim all over the place, but they get a little typecast and we're used to hearing one or two or some of them in a particular type of role and then these are the opportunities that they can get sometimes it's outside of that to really stretch out their skill sets and have the opportunities for all of us to hear what exactly they right. can provide yeah you know that's not well, the I, traditional not to go back to him but i think connor's a perfect example of this he's so fabulous in the romance genre and in rom-com like he's just he's a force to be reckoned with yeah. there and it makes complete sense to me and i remember when danielle and i and i've been listening to him for a long time going mm, there's something mm. like I, I i really see him in my stories and i think you and i even dialogued two years ago when i first got into the business audio mm -hmm. business about him yep. and i for I, and me and danielle have been you know back and forth like going okay there's a place for him we just need to figure it out and i believe it was danielle who actually was the one who said to me what do you think about eagle eyes because here i'm thinking romantic hero in the story right which he does actually voice one of the characters that will be a romantic character later he does two major characters, but Daniel's like, no, no, what do you think about this? And we, it kind of turned the, my whole concept of the character on its head, just by her looking at his voice that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things that like, it, it's actually, to me, it's just like a, it's, it's another like notch, uh, you know, on like his belt or on the wall or however you want to put it. Right. Um, of just really great things that he can do and, ex you know, and if that's something he chooses to do down the road. So, and like I said, he was so amazingly like giving when we spoke with him, he's like, oh yeah, this is what I see. And what are you looking for? And he even said, give me, you know, what is, what is the one thing that you want to hear out of this voice? And then he sent us this clip and just delivered on it completely. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's interesting. And even like, and, and even to his credit, Kale, who does John Carlisle, 
he does do romance, but he does a lot of other different things too, like yeah. all over the place, right? And, you know, we brought him in and said, okay, I need to put you in this very, we're putting in this very British character with this very, you know, kind of interesting, like, I, I don't know, he's, he's a scoundrel, he's, you know, our hero, he's all these different things. And he was, but, but I need him to also be this very terse military man. And he's like, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. You know? And so it, it the, it, it takes the passion from the narrator and the willingness to listen to the author as well as obviously the producer and then take it and create it on their own. So mm-hmm. we've been really lucky with the team that we've put together that they're that, that they want to go on the journey too. You know what I mean? That they. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. Go, I mean, yeah. And, and since you brought it up, I remember that conversation two years ago when we were talking about the different um, narrators of both male and female. And I'm like, Hey, one that you may want to keep an eye on is Connor craze. You know, I think I recently, mm-hmm. cause he was on the, on the podcast popped his cherry too, which I love and <laughs> for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those, but I also love how you think in the sense of, yeah, he was a good voice, but he was not the right fit. And I think a lot of author, authors and even production companies don't stop to think a little bit more or deeper into that. Is it, is it a right fit for that character? And you kind of put him in on the side a little bit until the character came into place and you're like, bam, that's who he's going to, you know, portray. And it's, it's just so important to casting. I will say there's a lot of people I know I want to work with. It's just a matter of finding that place. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I'm sure Danielle gets it too. Like she, Adam Golds was one of those for her. She's like, I, I, this guy, I trace, I want to work with him. Like, I think this is, he's going to be a good match for us. Right. And for me, John Hartley was one of those too. He auditioned for a different role. And I was like, he's not right here. But he, then he did the other audition and we were like, oh my gosh, like, is there any <laughs> other role, right? Like, and now, like, I can't let him go. Like, he's permanently a part, like, he's mine now. He stays in my cast. Like, I can't, kind of like I had to create a role for Patrick Zeller because, like, his characters always end up dying off because they're bad guys. And so I'm like, well, he has to keep coming back. Like, I can't, I can't lose him. Like, he must stay. But even like Marnie, well, that being said, Celeste never goes anywhere. So for all of you who think she's going anywhere, she's not. Um, but, and and of course, Nellis too, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but like when it comes to certain auditions, like, you know, like I know what I, I'm looking for when I hear it. Like, I know what, what to me, it's like what sparks my ear, that magic when I hear it. And um, it's funny, Danielle said, you know, she's like, I knew which one Tracy was going to choose. She sends me this beautiful, like, you know, eight, nine narrator package, you know, in my, in my email, she's like, have fun with that. And by the way, I know you're going to want that, you know, she's like, I'm like, okay. So my husband's like, what are you going to do? I'm like getting myself a drink ready. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to this. You know, it's going to take me a while. Right. And I'm not kidding. This, these were like top, top incredible male narrators in this list that, you know, she'd taken all the names off. She shuffled them up. And listen to all these and any one of them would have been brilliant, but my ear knows what it wants to hear. Like, I just, I know it when I hear it. And, um, and certainly, you know, that's been the same. I think really ultimately, like I knew, I know when I hear it, I just have to sometimes find the character for it. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And even with the ladies, I mean, Tara, oh oh my God, her, Tara, her voice. Oh, she has this like husky um, there's some Tara, stark, yeah. yeah, Tara. She has some the, the the huskiness and the the sarcasm and the sexiness in her voice that she can just do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tara. You know, the funny thing about Tara was when, so there were two, there were several different auditions for the Tory originally. So obviously she's been with me since the beginning with our team. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard her and Dulles to me has, a it, it delivers like me. She's a super fast talker. She's a very aggressive talker. She's often like, you know, maybe stumbles over what talks just like there's energy coming out of her words and every audition was very nice, but they were very, they were a lot kinder to the words and they were a lot like calmer. And Tara just came like gangbusters out, like just bam, bam, bam on those lines and delivering them so smoothly and the energy in her voice and and everything. And I was just like, there's just, that's it. Like she, she's perfect. Right. She just was perfect for it. And I don't know, Danielle, how you feel about it, but whenever we get a clip from her, it's just like, what am I supposed to say? It's perfect. Like, <laughs> it's it's not it's, that good. It's crazy though, because, you know, we worked on the first and second books and I'm like, okay, she's amazing. How is she going to top this? And then she comes Hold in my beer. On, on the turcoat <laughs> and I'm just like listening with my mouth hanging open because wow full stop I haven't heard it yet she's been taunting me for a while so she knows all the secrets right now next time I'm on the podcast I'll be able to say something about it Um. (laughs) yeah for those that may not know uh you know once the um the book is written it becomes a bit of a script the uh, narrators get it they have to record it they also provide you with a 15 minute sample um just to make sure that the the tone and the cadence of what they think it should be is. And then and Danny, you get these at first. And I actually shared those 15 minutes with yeah. TJ. It's not a common practice, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I want her to listen to give her feedback. Also, you know, direction notes if she has any. So of course we didn't ask for like the, the returning cash to do them because they are the characters. They don't need it. <laughs> but for the new new cast members, they did the first 15 and then I share with TJ so she could listen. The best notes ever were the ones I left for John Hartley and Kale. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I want you to find like little bitches here. <laughs> That's literally what it is. I want you to be as obnoxious as you can be in this scene, like little bitches. I mean, like literally that's what I put in the notes. Yeah. So I do leave some interesting love notes. Um, the the first 15 for me was interesting because she's absolutely right. I, I didn't really listen to those before. This was a new thing. And, and I'm actually really glad I did because it like, I mean, we did, you do provide feedback, right? But it's also like, it's that first moment of you're like, yeah, okay, I, I made the right choice. Like, you know what I mean? It's that like, I, I'm super obsessive about everything in my work. So it's even how they sound like, even going into, I'm like, what's it gonna sound like? What's it gonna sound like? So even when I get to hear them do that, it kind of is very reassuring to me that we've we've made the right choices, right? But then also like Danielle and I secretly swoon over it. We're like, oh my God, did you hear that? Or whatever. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh my God. There's a couple of, I'm sure we listened to over and over again. Mm-hmm. Usually I'll get like a poke in my email and it'll be like at one in the morning <laughs> and they'll be like, I sent you mail. I, where are you? Are you awake? And then of course the next morning I'll get up and listen to it. And then it's like five in the morning. I'll be like, Danielle, where are you? Are you awake? Why are you sleeping? Right. Um, <laughs> our offices are open at all hours. Um, and, and yeah, that was definitely us in the first 15 and it was, um, every clip is exciting you know honestly like every time you hear your book come to life and done by such skilled people um it's exciting 
Yeah. And that folks was just for the first 15 minutes, her reaction. Imagine now that they've provided you now with the whole audio for them individually. And Danielle, this is where you're now going. (laughs) 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 Because you have the files and now you're, you know, double checking them. You have to send them over to TJ. Um, Is there any, has, has there ever been a moment where you're going, I cannot wait for that scene? Because you know, all the time, right? (laughs) (laughs) There are times where I'm like, I can't wait for her to hear it. Mm -hmm. So that she can go, oh, that was messed up, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, with with it being a multicast, I usually, I go through through it first and I just plug in the lines where they go. The narrators leave a little click mark where the other lines will go. So I'll, I'll just listen to snippets of it as I plug in the lines where they go and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to find out what's happening here. I'm like, oh, here's Alexi taunting John. This is going to be great. Full stop. <laughs> she plays favorites. He's her favorite. So y'all know. <laughs> yeah, Alexi. Well, that's the other thing too, because it is duets. And it's one of those when we hear just the one side of the conversation. And it's one of the reasons why I love duet is that whole interruption of when they're having banter and TJ writes the best dialogue between characters. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's and probably because I, I'm fighting in my head most of the time. That's why. <laughs> probably. But there's just something when it's when it's done in duets with a multicast, you're literally almost like watching a movie in front of you um, or a play. And the narrators embody these characters. I mean, when I'm listening to John and, and, and <laughs> goodness, goodness, some of those clips are good. Uh, Man sorry. of War, I gotta be yeah. honest. We were, me and, me and Danielle were like, oh my God, seriously. Like we, had, we both had hangovers when Man Over at War. We're like, how yeah. can you be done? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Man of War was fantastic. John Hartley in the prepping process uh, he is playing um, K.O. Williams' brother in the book. And mm-hmm. um, he said, you know, can you send me a clip of his work? Because, you know, I want to listen and play off mine based on his. And uh, listening to them now is like, they, it's like they are brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just great. And the thing is, could you imagine that dynamic duo? As, um, and in the book, there's a scene where Dulles is standing between them and they're like yelling over her, okay? She's got these two obnoxious men with these hot voices yelling over her, right? And she has a moment of like, I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing. You know, she's like, she's having it. And that's really me thinking as I'm writing it secretly, because I know, because I rewrote the book, right? And I knew who the narrators were going to be. Me secretly going, ha, ha, ha. What it would be like to have these two yelling over my head. I mean, I, I admit there are some lines in there. And I, I confess that are there because I want to hear them be said. So um, I can tell you that at the beginning of that scene, I was like, poor woman stuck in between those two. And then by the end of, end of it, I was like, okay, she's kind of lucky yeah I, was like, I volunteer as tributes I volunteer as tribute <laughs> I'll take this one for the team right yeah. or the scene with definitely there's some great scenes with uh Kale Williams as well as um Adam Gold um because we now see Alexi and John in the same you know situation a couple times in this book and that would be a nice little one to be in the and there's actually one where it's Connor John Hartley um, Adam Gold and Kale Williams all together. And you're like, well, isn't that a fun little party? You know, we got going on here. <laughs> it's like being stimulated. And you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Right. And so it's super fun to hear that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like having a treasure chest of like a perfect male voices. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like who wouldn't want that? Right. So yeah, of course I'm a greedy 
of course I'm a greedy bitch. I want more. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, and there's a mo and not to take away from the ladies, we have Samantha Brentmore, yep. we have Marnie Young, and we have Shayna Small and Tarlin Dalla all in one room at one time. Like, hello, like that lineup right there, Audie winners, Sova winners. I mean, like these gals are like the they're amazing. And they're all like basically talking smack about the boys, how like, oh my gosh, we don't need men. I mean, there is a scene literally where uh, where Samantha's character is like, just get the boys out, just get the men out of here. We don't need to deal with them anymore. We, no more of their their trouble, right? And it's and it's that beautiful symphony of their voices, and they all sound so different. If you think about what those voices are, yeah, they're just these really exciting female voices that are all very unique too, as well. So, for all the exciting boy scenes in there there are exciting girl scenes or women men however you want to put it but there are some great ones there too and I don't want to take away from these incredible ladies who who have been so supportive of my work and and the journey with me too as well so so Shana was in with Shana it was with us actually in the traders so she does Agnes and um Agnes was not in actually in Man of War so we didn't see her there but she comes back to do Agnes and Agnes is actually based on my one of my best friends a woman named Angela and mm -hmm. I remember in her audition I I heard her and I'm like oh my god it's it's my friend Angie so we you know, obviously, and she was kind enough to come back and do this role again. And I don't think anyone would forgive me if I didn't bring her back because she just, she just really embodies the sanity in the middle of the chaos. Um, and that's what she that does. character really is. She is the grounding in the middle of so much chaos. So I love her, her voice. It's, she's brilliant. And Samantha Brettmore is coming in and doing a variety yes. of, of the characters, including, but also with a British accent. Yes. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she is our heroine in the next book, actually, in the next three books, thanks to Danielle, three books, but I'll say again. <laughs> um, you can't tell I'm bitter. Um, but no, Samantha, yeah, so it's, it's, Samantha's interesting. So um, she, we, we auditioned tons of fantastic voices and she was on our list and we were kind of working through and just, Will was actually, I think our hardest voice to find because I knew kind of what I was looking for. I needed a lady with some spunk and grit. So I needed her to be able to play lady, but to be spunky and gritty, like, right. Because uh, Wilhelmina is like literally like five foot one and Alexei is six foot six. So like, you know, and I need this woman to be all of six foot six in voice. Like that's she, what she can't portray in her size, she's going to portray in her personality, right? And that's, and so when we were listening to auditions and they were fabulous, fabulous auditions, I remember hearing Samantha several times going, I think she's, I think, I think, I think. And then I, I saw her in Vegas and actually I met her in person first before I saw If These Walls Could Talk. And um, when I met her in person, I just, I was like, I love her voice. I really do. And then, you know, I chatted with Danielle in DM and I was like, Danielle, I think, I, I really think this might be it. Right. And so um, she auditioned and I was just like, yeah, she, she has the chops to like go up against this very big voice. And when you hear Adam Gold doing Alexei, you just hear this big voice. Right. And I don't know about Danielle, what your feelings about it was, but to me, she was just um, she had the chops, she had the, she had the, 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 the energy and she, um, yeah, we, she we was, knew she was yeah. it when we heard the audition. Yeah. She just had it. And in and, and the scene that she auditioned to this poor woman is being like abducted off her ship and she's still like <laughs> angry and defiant at this big, you know, Alexei voice. So, um, yeah, she's, she's fabulous and, and a delight to work with too, as well. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes we're, Present surprise. And I love that you guys also have 
this really important of professionalism in the relationship that you uh, you guys have in because not all the time is it going to be yes all at the same time there's going to be moments where there might not be an uh, alignment or potential you know not seeing eye to eye between the two of yeah. you as far as but cast and stuff like that how does that work out how, you know communication you communication is everything <laughs> well, yeah, well excuse true. me danielle's like duh communication <laughs> well no and that here's the thing though she's making mm -hmm. a valid point because you can disagree on things but communication is key that is the one thing i've learned in all business as long as you're communicating whether you agree or disagree correct then you can work stuff out. And that is one thing Danielle and I like are, that is our ethos between the two of us. Even when I'm being a lunatic and she's being sanity, like there's always, we are always communicating. And so I will say that on my end, I, we, you know, if I'm telling her, this is why I don't think the voice works for me, or this is why I think it does, then she'll come back and communicate. This is why I think it doesn't. And this is why I think it does. I know, Danielle, what are you, your thoughts yeah, on the, that one? The whys is a very important part of it. You know, you can't just say no, and that's it. <laughs> we, we really communicate all the way through, you know, I don't think this is right. And this is why, and then kind of help see each other's perspective. And I think we're never, I'm never afraid to tell you, like, I can always be very authentically, ridiculously me and say, F Y X, Y, Z, you know, this is why I don't like, I never feel like I can't, like, it's ever going to hurt her feelings. If I say, you know, here's why I don't like this, or here's why I do like this, you know, but there's also a give and take too at some point where you're like, I may not see it, but you do. And that actually yeah. happened to Danielle and I with a situation recently, and it's not a bad situation. It's just like, I for me here, like I'm, I recognize in myself that like, I, I might not have the best opinion here. You know, I, I think you have a better opinion than me. So I'm going to defer to you on this problem or this problem or this problem. And I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, I, as the author right now, I may not be objective. I need you to be the objective one here. And, and she's been understood that it's not me like wanting to defer. It's more that I trust her. And I'm like, you know, better than me in this situation. So. You and know which the, one I'm talking about, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the, the, the trust there is important. Communication is, is so big. And, so, and, and we live in a world nowadays where it's lacking and feelings yeah. are hurt. And, and instead of thinking of professionally how this works or how can we solve, like, I don't know that I hurt your feelings or that you took it that way unless you tell me. And if we don't have that conversation, ah, <laughs> you know. If anything, if anything, we over communicate, and that goes not just in between us, but with the narrators too. Uh, we keep the communicate the communication open throughout the whole process, and after, uh, we're always transparent about everything that goes on in the process. That that really helps. Well, and it's not a perfect science, right? Like things it's happen, human. life happens, work happens. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Hormones happen. Now, also, we recorded this book doing Mercury retrograde. So <laughs> things definitely happen. Actually, actually, there were two Mercury retrogrades at bad time. During yes. testing and during recording. So I will say we have checked into the stars a couple times to make sure we were aligned. Um, there has been some sage burning. Yep. There have been some lucky pennies under like pillow. Like there have been multiple <laughs> different things that have had to happen. I even um, got a Mercury retrograde survival kit in the mail. From I, <laughs> I did. I really did. I burned my Mercury retrograde candle every day. 
it's interesting, like, because I, like, I, I, I am Murphy's Law as a human being. Like, literally everything that can happen will happen to DJ, like, for real. And I had COVID twice during, like, the pre, like, the pre-recording. My mother was in the hospital. Like, there were just multiple things that happened. And it's, like, it just one thing after another. So, like, in those situations, it's, like, you know, life happens. We're humans. Like, I said, hormones happen. COVID happens, right? And, like, yeah. I think the biggest thing for all the communication we have in the world today, we don't communicate for all the communication. We've actually gotten worse at it. And I, I personally am not a big fan of text DM, all those things. I mean, we use them. I use them, but the truth is like so much can be misconstrued. So I, if there's something serious or something important that needs to be talked about, I want to see somebody on zoom or I want to you know, talk to them on the phone because there is something to be said by those moments of like of intimacy where people can hear your words, they hear your passion, they hear your voice. So it call me a Gen Xer, call me old school, but like a phone call does so much more and saves so many problems than anything else, right? Like, and there are times where I'll be like, Danielle, you got five minutes. And she'll be like, yeah, all right. And it ends up being 10 because it's always 10 for me. But I'll be like, <laughs> like, oh my God, did you hear that clip? It's amazing. Or it's sometimes like, okay, this is the problem I'm having. And, and you can have that five minutes of dialogue and figure out how to fix the problem very quickly. And there were many times where Danielle and I had to fix problems at the last minute and probably still will coming up because it's a TJ London book. So... <laughs> So, so she's laughing over there, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's honest to God, if you're communicating, then that's 75% of the battle for me, at least. Yeah. And I, and I, and I find that that's where you guys work so well together, as well as with your narrators, because there is that open line of communication where the narrators can come to you guys and ask about pronunciations and, or you can provide them in advance and they can still come back and ask. And cause I know sometimes when we're, I'm giving some stuff or information, I'm going, I still don't know, is this how you do it? And you don't ever want to feel like you're dumb or stupid or you're not getting it. Um, again, imposter syndrome is always lovely. And you guys have always been very open about having those lines of communications with the entire cast and, and being able to say, you rather have them ask than the assuming um, and getting it wrong or thinking that something was wrong. Oh, always, always ask. Um, and I mean, this is a 200,000 word book too. So it's tiny. 210. Damn it. Inches count everywhere. So, okay. You know, we, <laughs> we have a really, really amazing prepper in the team that does a really yeah. good job. Give it up but, for you know, there are, <laughs> there are also a lot of different pronunciations. So if mm-hmm. something gets missed, you know, it's always best to ask. Otherwise, well, they get a lot of pickups. <laughs> and, and, it, and it goes to Danielle most of the time. And then she's like, Tracy, oh my gosh, I hear a lot of Alexis and not Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to make him difficult in every way, all the way down to his name. Yeah, when I, uh, <laughs> I emailed one of the narrators with the, the pickups for his name, I said, you know, the man is complicated down to his name. That's <laughs> right. It's your fault, Danielle. It's your fault. Blame yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't name him. Blame it. Blame yourself for all 725 pages of the rebel. It's all you, man. <laughs> Goodness. It, it, again, it, it's, I think it's really important to have these kind of conversations because that means that they may not ask for things that they want. They may not know to yeah. ask because the producer may not provide them with that info. So it's one of those where 
it's important to just ask the questions. And there are authors too who prefer or don't have time to be as mm-hmm. involved and that's okay yeah, too. Yeah. You know, they can hire the production company to do everything on their behalf if that's mm-hmm. what they prefer. I know I work with some authors that have their PAs listen to it because they're so busy writing mm-hmm. back to back. So, and, and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, their preference. Oh, I'm the they're first not one all that control says- freaks. They're not all control freaks like me. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's also where, um, you know, the conversation about like our production companies worth it happens at times. And I'm like, listen, if you have the time to dedicate to the whole process of what it takes to make the audiobook, um, and as well as finding the editors and the proofers and all this other fun stuff, then go for it. Try it. A lot of authors sometimes do it for the first book and they go, hell no. Next yeah, week, I'm paying someone. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's worth it's worth going yes. to a production company just because there's so much that you don't know you if you're coming into this for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes say- all the difference between casting the right people, having the right sound engineer. You know, th- there's just a lot to to consider. I will make a plug for the production company in terms of like, it's the right production company for you, I think is what it really comes down to for me, you know, the right collaboration that you want. I would never want to pretend to know half of what Danielle is secretly doing on the other end that I have no clue of. I'm like, cool, have fun with that. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, yeah, you chase the Alexis down, not me. Right. But honestly, like, and then also it's, honestly for me like that's just a part of it that I can't do there's so much work in the writing end that just needs my attention right but you know but what's nice about our relationship is is I'm I'm still very it's an it's it's us together right like you know working on this I mean obviously she's doing this component of the job and I did the first half of the job and then we're doing these certain parts together and every author like you said is different so I think it's a matter of finding the right production company for you Mm-hmm. and and finding the right style like every and that's the same for everybody we're all individuals we all have different needs as authors and in companies and different things so it's about that right fit and for me it was you know this was the fit for me that that I wanted where I was able to you know have my my fingers in some of these pies but not in not be holding the pan essentially right yeah. and you know because Danielle's really holding the pan um and you know dealing with the shit too yeah um, you know, <laughs> I just get to eat the slice of the pie I'm fine with that right because right. <laughs> like, she's got to you know she has to yeah. manage not only what she's doing production but she's also got to handle the expectations of the demanding and obnoxious and often frequently texting like author and then you know the narrators are off there on the other end trying to do their job too and be like okay managing expectations here managing expectations here right like there's a lot of and it's not a gatekeeping thing. That's not what it is. It's all, I'm managing everybody's expectations and trying to bring this together to make the, you know, the full pie, right? But so, our expectations are often the same. So it works that's too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That- we, we both, we, we admit, I think we just admitted that to each other the other day, actually. Um, yeah, we, we both have this like expectation place that, that definitely meets. And I think that's a thing too, right? Nope. When you're, Correct. You know, what you're, what you're looking for. And, and the start of it is, do you know what you're looking for? Um, and then, you know, how do you get it? And I think that's the hard part as the author, because there's no like manual on how to do this, right? There's no like map. You, yeah. Like you have to trial and error. 
in road yeah map there you go we should talk about this right yeah I, I still think, have it <laughs> I, I know right I think there's a I think there's something to be said as an author before you start audio is going and listening to different audiobooks like how do they how do they sound what did they do what is a duet like before you commit to one company asking what their style is like talking to other authors like it you know instead of just jumping into the the pool and hoping you swim, which is essentially what I did, you know, you can go out there and put your toe in the water and listen. And, and, and as I started to listen more and learn more, I was like, okay, I like this. 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 You know what I mean? And then finding a visionary who says I can execute on this, whether it be you hand it over and somebody does it or whether you're like me and you're like, I, I really want to, to some degree partner with you and, 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 and bring it to life. So, um, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and it, you also have to find somebody who's willing to, to, to walk the journey with you, which I was, you know, very lucky in with Danielle because she's like, yeah, I, I see your vision. I get it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that that's a, multiple great points there about the gatekeeping. Cause sometimes it can feel like that if you don't know any better. Also, unfortunately, some do. Some do gatekeep. Others too, is about having that conversation with your fellow authors. And that's something too that I always suggest to authors is, when you're listening to audiobooks, go to that author and say, Hey, what was your process? Like, who did you work with? What you know, what was mm -hmm. that relationship as? I mean, did you feel comfortable and get referrals just like you would with anything else? I get lots of people asking me. I do. I get hit up regularly about like the audio process, how it works, who do I recommend those kinds of things and stuff like that. And, you know, and I, and the first thing I always tell them is go out and listen to a bunch of them. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like. the same thing when you, when you looking for a doctor or a specialist or someone to paint your house or fix your car, you're not going to just go out to the first one. And if you do, yeah. and it might be great, perfect, lucky fucker. Um, but it, uh, a time <laughs> yeah, so I know, it may right? not be, it may not be the best, or you don't know that there are additional options. So definitely if, if you're an author and you're looking into getting into audio, ask the question, talk yeah. to your, to your yeah, you should definitely and like ask yourself, ask yourself, you know, how involved do I want to be? Mm -hmm. right. And then have that conversation with potential production companies. You know, do you allow the yes. authors to collaborate right. with the narrators? Because not everybody does. Correct. Uh, no. You know, just ask everything that you need to ask to make sure that you're getting what you want. And I will say also listen to voices. You know, listen to, it's very important to listen to voices to and find the ones that you feel like will interpret the story the way that you want to, you know, is, is it something that you feel very passionate about what that voice sounds like too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I am extremely passionate about the way the voices sound like they're, like I said, it's an artist thing for me. Like it's like painting, right? So go out there and listen and look for voices. There are so many narrators out there, so many fabulous ones that, maybe we don't realize they're there and, or they're there doing their thing. And they're just, you just haven't seen them yet because mm -hmm. maybe they don't do social media or they're not on the platforms, you know, and it doesn't mean they're any less fabulous. And one, one of the perfect examples of this was Catherine Benclair who did um, India and man of war. She was just somebody who was really new to me. I just had never heard her before. And then she came in with this just gorgeous performance. And it was like, you know, I just hadn't heard of her. Right. And so it's one of the, you don't be afraid to dig and listen and look and learn and, and experience. And, you know, um, even with voices. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and listen to your, your gut and, and look into the subject matter experts in the, in the industry to help guide, or at least have the answers because 
<laughs> and they know we all get hit up like who's your favorite or oh I love so and so and sometimes that's great fabulous it's, that, but it may not be the right fit for that character right and I know sometimes uh, within the romance community specifically the the listeners are very opinionated about who their favorites are and I love that because sure. I mean, that's one of the yeah. things that's great and that's fantastic or like so and so would be great and I'm like yeah but so and so doesn't really do a really good Scottish accent you know <laughs> and you're going <laughs> right Maybe for another character. I know someone else that can, that, 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 you know, he'll be great for. And it, it's just, you know, finding those right voices and it, it's important. And, but DJ, I'm not surprised that you have authors hitting you up on ideas and suggestions and stuff like that, because you have not one, one or two or three sofas. You've won like six. <laughs> We've won six. Yeah. We've won six. Yes. We have won. Yes, we have. You, you guys have won six. And I love also too that you, when you say, team and you go we that's inclusive of your cast inclusive of your you know danielle who is part of the process so it, it's yeah but well, again six out of what eight i think yes yeah, eight it was yeah it was. so um those guys are gold i'm gonna be honest with you uh it's a voiceover award so mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's a voiceover award i write the script they do the performance right gosh uh, like what can you say about those people though like the work that they i mean like i uh, you know what? The first time I walked up on the stage when we, Danielle, myself, and and Jacqueline were in um, in New York City during it was like everyone was still in masks there and everything. And I remember when I walked up there, I literally broke down into tears. And it was just like I'm clearly not the voice. I'm not these nine voices, right? But like I'm here to represent them, and this is amazing. And Tara was messaging me, and I was bawling, and it was very emotional. But I can't even like I don't even know what to say about that. It's just they're. I just listened to them and. Uh, it's amazing. I'm just honored to have those that that group of people working with me and so proud of the work that they do and what they do with my words because I know what they sound like when I'm writing them and I'm talking to myself at my computer, right? But like they just make them magic, right? They give something to my stories that I'm not able to deliver, right? That's what makes audio great, right? Like the narrator, the, the human voice, let's let's put that plug in, right? Yep, the human um, can voice. Deliver- <laughs> can deliver an emotion just like the human word let's put that plug into yep. can deliver from a place that you know is very unique and um i'm just i'm incredibly in, like in awe of them and so grateful they come back every time and so proud of them and yeah i, I don't even know what to say but um it's exciting and i'm in the society of voice arts um they've been so supportive of independent authors and um and of my work um, and they're just lovely people who, who run that whole program and, um, and, or the awards, I guess is the best way to put it. And I meet so many lovely people at that event. I know Danielle has been with me now at two of them and it's just, um, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So I, I'm really humbled to have worked with such talented people. Yeah. And, but even that's a voiceover, I mean, again, it, it goes back to they, the actors and the narrators wouldn't have anything to do if it wasn't for you and your words. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's one of those where it's important. And then it's just the, the dynamic duel when everything comes together and how they perform it is fantastic. Danielle, what was it like to, to win <laughs> these you know, <laughs> prestigious awards? It, it was amazing. It was, um, it was just nice seeing, you know, every everyone in the team recognized for all their hard work. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it, it's interesting because we forget, I mean, uh, the sound engineering component of it, of bringing these voices. None of these people are in the room together, yep. right? None of them are in the room. And you listen to what she does with them and you would believe that they were all together. 
And, and that's what always amazes me when I hear it all. And, and, you know, we've done, we've trialed where we've had everyone in the booth, you know, in a virtual booth. And then we've, we've, we've edited and she does such beautiful work that it, 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 you know, you can't even tell, you really cannot tell the difference. So, I mean, obviously the actors have a different passion when they're in the room together. That's, that's legit. Right. Um, but they've done an amazing job of, of, of getting into the work and delivering it in their individual performances and then they get brought together. Right. So it truly is a team sport. Audio is a team sport. Writing books is a team sport. And um, and the awards are a team sport, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's amazing judges who, you know, have listened to my work and said, you know, this is this is worth winning, right? So um, I have to be grateful to them for, you know, seeing something in my work, you know, but um, yeah, it, it was exciting. It was very exciting. This mm-hmm. this yeah. past one in, in, in Los Angeles was super fun. Yeah. Danielle, you were going to say something? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just okay. talked over you. Yeah. No. The <laughs> thought was there and then it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> it happens at coming into a room and saying, why am I here again? Uh, yeah, it happens. No worries. But I think also, too, I mean, it, a lot of people don't know what it, when it comes down to the duets. You know, we get the final product. We get the the everything pretty packaged together and and the, oh, my God, everything oh, kind of thing. It's a lot of work. A lot of times the listeners don't understand why a, why a book that they're paying for costs so much. And like, because it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and like you said, Tracy, you write these small titles. I mean, what, couple, like 200 and something pages? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> As I stare down the 760 pages of, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 760 I, I, shit, bro. <laughs> I'm verbose in all ways. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. He likes them um, big. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. I like big. I like big books, and I yeah. don't lie about that. Mm-hmm. No, nope, no. Nope. And I like big voices and big performances. So. Yeah, because you um, tell them all the time to go to, to to perform to the to the third balcony. Play to the second balcony. A, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that is play to the second. And I even use that phrase occasionally within the book too. Yeah. Um. Because in Patrick Zeller, I think he had your podcast last time too. <laughs> he was like, I always know when I'm going to get a, a pickup from TJ. It's like more, 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 more. Um, <laughs> and he, he breathes so wonderfully into the microphone too. Mm-hmm. So um, his ears are burning right now, like my face is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Patrick. Yeah, but Danielle, I mean, you do. There's this magical, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's audio engineering. It, there's, there's a lot behind it, but it, they're at the end product. It's just very magical where you really think that they're in the same exact same room and they're not. And I know that sometimes uh, some production companies will say that these scenes have to be done together. So via zoom also increasing the cost of the book because of the time being yeah. paid out for things. But the reality is my expectations and Tracy, you know, let me know if this is different from yours, but if you're an actor, you shouldn't have to be in the same room to be right. able to deliver these lines and right. and so to the the magic that you do to bring everything together and also with such a big book oh my god i don't want to see your <laughs> dashboard gonna, i don't i'm gonna throw <laughs> a scared. little shade here my actors can do it um <laughs> <laughs> and just kidding no they they well the writing cues are there too so a lot of it goes back to tj you know like the way that she writes you know what the characters are doing. Are they laughing? Are they crying? You know, the, the emotions come through, you know, because of her writing and the narrator's prep work too. You know, they they go prep through work, prep work, prep work. Yeah. Prep work, prep, 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 prep work. It makes a difference. <laughs> oh yeah. Going in cold is never a good thing, especially with such well, a big no. book. <laughs> well, and, and this is the thing, like I, I this came from another narrator um who is a friend of mine. And 
she said this to me the other day. She's like, I know why your book could be challenging to narrate. She's like, you're packing like five different emotions into one scene for one character. She's like, so I could never read this cold. And she's like, because I'm expected to go from here to here to here to here within one scene. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because I'm like an emotional person or I'm very like all over the place. I don't know, but like the content that I'm writing requires a lot of emotion, right? So um, I've asked a lot of them, you know, in terms of emotion. So yeah, that's a reason, you know, obviously their preparation is always so brilliant and then they deliver so brilliantly. Like Tara Langella, that poor character, you know, that she reads, Ellis McKesson goes through like so much trauma in her life, yet she like literally delivers on all those emotions, like within every scene. It just, it goes to the the, the strength of her prep and her talent and her ability and, and you wouldn't even know, like I said, she's not in the room with Kay Williams when she does it. So, and then, like I said, then it's timed so nicely together when Danielle does her, her part. And then you get this, you know, like beautiful canvas, this picture, right? This mm-hmm. piece of art. And yeah. that's how I look at audio for me is it's, it's art. Right. Mm-hmm. Danielle, like I said, I, I would not want to look at your dashboard. That will give me anxiety. <laughs> no. I know. No, I mean, like, I know what it's like, uh, you know, doing like, well, we're having, you know, multiples and, you know, or threesomes or, you know, like these TJ's round table where they each have a line on my dashboard when it comes down yeah. to editing an episode and I'm going, okay, but with a full cast and the interruptions and the banter. Yeah. I, so, okay. So kind of, I sort of want to want to see, so take a screenshot next time that you're editing one of these things. Okay. I'm going, no. <laughs> I, I don't know driven. if I want to see it. I don't actually know. Like, yeah. I <laughs> But the preppers work um, makes a big mm-hmm. difference too because mm-hmm. I know how many characters are in each chapter and who they mm-hmm. are. So it makes it easier for me to know, find the files that I need to edit for that chapter. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes, you know, of course the, the whole manuscript is highlighted. Each character has their own color now. TJ, we were running out of colors. We were running out of colors. Yep, that's right. I want more. Um. <laughs> Danny, sometimes I wonder, I secretly wonder sometimes if, if, if as TJ is writing these things, she's like, I'm going to fuck with Daniel now. <laughs> Actually, I, you know what, believe it or not, it's more how she am I She probably fuck does with that when she's torturing Alexi. Mmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I, what I will say is, is it's actually more like, what can I make this narrator say? Rawr! Um, I, I poor Adam Gold. I did all kinds of goodies for him in in um, in the Rebel because I'm like, oh, I want to hear him say this, and oh, I want to hear him do this. So, <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you know, with Danielle, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, ooh. Yeah, she's going to have to like put all this together. Mm-hmm. So I kind of try to take some mercy on her. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I, I try to be easy on you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always payback. She doesn't, you know, I can sneak in sex scenes in podcasts. So she has to listen to them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was a fun conversation Danny and I were having off uh just the two of us. <laughs> you really want to go there, do you? <laughs> Listen, oh, no. I, all press my play, fans Danny, know press this. play. <laughs> all my fans know this about me. I don't want to listen to my children fucking. I know they do. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it. Okay. It's like we all feel that way. Like I know they're mm-hmm. getting down. I wrote it. 
Mm-hmm. But it, and here's the thing, like the problem for me when I listen to it, it's like, oh my gosh, like someone sat in a booth and was like reading that. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, and, and granted, I don't write nearly the exciting stuff that some of they narrate. I mean, like my stuff is like nothing, it's like vanilla compared to like some of this stuff. Still, it doesn't matter. They're my children and they're fucking and I don't need to know about it. <laughs> she thinks they're tame. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Well, I, I do some of the stuff that other people do, like seriously, and God bless them. But I mean, now the, some of the violent stuff. Now that's fun to listen to, right? You know, like I mean, like John Hartley carving up poor India's face in Man of War. I was like, yeah, yeah. No, um seriously um I yeah I just the sex scene thing like it's well known like I can't I just mm-hmm. can't like I've lost I've lost several bets but you know she's still trying to get me to to listen to one so I know I know it's coming I whether it's here or next at the next podcast I know you're gonna slip something in <laughs> and even even Patrick Zeller I back to him yep. he got me on the last podcast too yes, he did he started he started imitating a sex scene I'm like ah <laughs> yeah and, if, and and this is where i have so much fun with 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 you guys in that fortunately or unfortunately like i we don't record the videos well i i do but i don't share them because you guys are for audio and the way that we, tj reacts oh my god guys it's just fantastic <laughs> i mean she was literally where she was talking about the sex scenes she's literally putting her head in her shirt like hiding and <laughs> yeah or when John Hartley says something, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I may blush occasionally. Yeah. Um, the one that was funny was, what was it? Nicholas Bolton yes. on the one podcast. I, he, I asked him, I like, I think you asked me like, how do you narrate? Like, how do you get in the mood to narrate sex scenes? And you know, Catherine Binkeller gave this very, you know, interesting and yeah. professional answer. And he's like, well, I climb into a hammock and try it with my wife. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And I mean, like it was, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't yeah. handle it. It's, it's, I don't, I like, I am, and I'm not like this demure person by any means. No. And it, the funny thing is when I write them too, I'm all like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like doing, and I'm just all excited and it's great. And my husband walks in, I'm like, don't look at my computer, you know, and I'll like, get back to it. And especially the one, I keep talking about the one in the rebel because my power went out twice while I was writing it. I'm like, so, you know, it's good when that happens, right? Yeah, and, that's uh, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I even told Danielle, I'm like, I might, I might actually, if, if I sit on my hands, I might have to, like, she had to talk me through a sort of love scene in Man of War. Like, she's like, okay, just stop occasionally and then breathe and listen again. I think because I'm always like, I, you know, TJ's like, you know, we're going to get to that point where Danny's going to send me this. I'm like, I volunteer as tribute if you need someone to listen to it and make sure it sounds okay. I mean, Danny already has a great ear for it, but if you need a second pair of, uh, of ears, I- I'm fine. <laughs> I, I I can't explain it to you. I don't know. And it's even, it's the hardest with John Carlyle. It's the hardest. Mm-hmm. So like, I know she sent me a couple things of Kale, like doing some stuff talking I'm like ah. <laughs> I'm like is that cock oh yeah. my god don't say that word she hides again cock, cock by the way appears 120 what was it 120 times in the book and and Danielle's like that's a lot of cock. That's a like, lot of cock, DJ. I, I told her I'm gonna make a reel of yes, the you should. saying that back to back. But the thing it's cocked hat. It's not that much salacious, right? It's a time period thing. But there is a lot of cocks, brother. Yeah. 
their book. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the minute he started saying it, I'm like, oh, I can't listen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of authors have issues where, you know, when it comes down to the sex scenes, they have said it, you know, they will write blah, 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 insert sex scene here. And then they'll continue to write. So it, it's even when it comes down to writing, I'll add audio to it where, you know, we're human beings and stuff like that. And we're like, like you said, these are your oh. kids. I have no problem writing them. Oh no. I'm like, usually like, yeah, it's time to do it. You know, but um, <laughs> when it's, when it's actually listening to them, I'm like, Oh, well, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and, and then there are some scenes where I listen to them and, and like, I just like get all emotional and I'm all like a crying mess and lock myself in my room and just like in the fetal position twitching. Um, I've had a few of those too. So yeah. It, and and Danielle is, is, is always good for a, like a setup on some of them. So she's like, <laughs> all right, are you ready? He's still saying, are you ready? You know, you, you better listen to this one, you know? And I know sometimes like I'll purposely leave her hanging too. Like I'll have listened to it, but I won't respond. Like, I love you know this dynamic. That, don't you, Danielle? <laughs> but then she'll get me back too. Like, I know she's listened to a decent amount of the book already, but she's like, you want me to get it done, don't you? I'm like, there's been no comments here. You want me to get it done, don't you? I'm like, the hell? You did that to me. You did that to me when you were listening to the turncoat, didn't you? You didn't you? <laughs> Some of it. Yeah. Look at that evil laugh that she's doing. <laughs> yeah, because she and uh, like it's it. it so I, I one of my proofers was you know the interesting thing about turncoat, and I, I think this is what's really the most interesting about this audio of all of them is I completely rewrote that book. So the scenes are the same. The people have been changed to protect the innocent. No, um, the, the scenes have been remained the same of the original version of it, but like the whole prose has been rewritten, um, to update it to my, to, to make it fresh for the audio, to make it match for the rebel, but also because I wanted to elevate the prose to, I've been writing longer, that kind of thing. I've got more experience. So nobody has seen this format, this version of it, except like my editor, my proofer, you know, DR proofer and who breaks down the script and, and, and now Danielle. So there's part of me that's secret, like, well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know? Um, so that's part of it too. So I'm really excited. This will be very fresh and very new for even my fans who, who love the turncoat or love the series, right? It'll be a totally new listen. So, well, you know, we always say as readers, well, I kind of wish we can go back and read it for the first time. Technically now y'all are going to read this one for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it's it's a different book of sorts. Yeah. And it's, and then also, you know, we bring back kind of all your favorites, right. You know, and, and so that's the fun part about it. And then, you know, then you get to see these new people that weren't originally in the book necessarily when I wrote it the first time too. So um, that was an experience and it, you know, added another layer to the audio process too. So that's always fun. So, yeah. Yeah. And Danielle, with you wearing the multiple hats, as far as both, you know, and straddling the author and the audio production side of things, when it comes down to doing these books for TJ and you know, she does not want to hear about the sex scenes. Do you secretly, like you were doing that evil laugh. Do you secretly go, <laughs> cannot wait until she sees this? Because <laughs> I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of ways to, ways to trap her into listening. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, bats that she loses from time to time. And uh, yeah, I usually I'm say, a okay, betting, following, yeah. you have to listen. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter yeah. of time. The problem is I've not <laughs> followed through on any of my bets, so I'm overdue. Yes. Um, oh boy. <laughs> I'm I'm overdue. Well, and the interesting thing is there so there's a there's a a romantic scene in this particular book that isn't actually like 
by definition, like puck and net sex scene. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's everything else, but not the puck and the net. Okay. I'm from Detroit. I have to use the hockey reference here, but, um, (laughs) but, but it's a very like sensual scene. And I'm like, there's part of me that like secretly like wants to like hide under my pillow and like, listen to it. And then just like peek out and like, okay, listen, and then put it back down over my head, you know, so I don't hear. Um, And I'm sure that Danielle will be like, all right, you got to listen to this one. I know it. And that's the funny thing. I know what scenes she's going to be like, oh, Tracy, you got to listen to this one. Like, I already know going into it, she's going to be like, oh, no, you got to hear this one. And this is one of them. And that was the hammock scene in Man of War. I was going to mention that. Yeah. 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 I knew. I just knew when I sent that to her, I'm like, here, have that, you know. And then she's like, oh, you got to listen to this scene. I'm like, what chapter is that? And she tells me, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went in and, and, and seriously had to breathe deeply through the whole thing. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was fun. So yeah, because you were sending me notes saying, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Are you there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened? Have you, you listened? listened? And I'm like, I'm I close. <laughs> like, again, kind of like one of those books. <laughs> I am that obnoxious friend author who will be like, did you listen? Did you like it? Did you hear it? Like what, mm-hmm. what, you know, I'm that person who will like totally prod you who I am not that author that will go stone face. Hey, whatever you think it's good. You just read, you do you, I'll listen. I'll find out when you're done. Review me. I'm like, no, no. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you like it? What'd you think? You know, inside on the inside, they're all thinking that though. They want to know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> secretly they probably. So that's why you're like you're waiting for me to read Pride, right? You're like she's like she's gonna listen to it eventually. She will. She will. She will. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, until you start yep. listening to the Turncoat, I'm not gonna listen to Pride. <laughs> well, I did start listening though. <laughs> uh, actually, the reason I didn't I didn't get started and, either until was- I had to to stop for the pickups. <laughs> she's been doing pickups forever. I'm like, really. How long? <laughs> and it's like you have eleven narrators, Tracy. The book is seven hundred and so many pages, like for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so my fault entirely. But the turncoat is the biggest of all my books. It is the longest of all of them so far. Harvey I was going to say so that. far, yeah. On the next episode, <laughs> eight far, <laughs> far be it for me to lie, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but right now the rebel stands at 207. So it's in second place. Um, and man of war was 206. And it was funny. I was recently reading through the trader. Cause I read through and make sure that things, and it's like 150. And I'm like, Oh, this shit's easy. This is fast, man. Like I can do this in a weekend. And that's a big book though. still. So. Yeah. Which didn't translate to being a very long audiobook, but it's yeah. so worth it. <laughs> Well, and this is the thing, I think to me, like, it's not even the like big books thing. If the story warrants the words in the pages, that it warrants the words. Like, that's one of the things like I could never, and it's not just because I'm a big mouth. It's one of those things that like, I, I could never handle like someone saying, you get this word count and that's what you get. And kudos to people who can do that. They're better women than I am or better men than I am. And that's their biz. But for me, I, I cannot put word count on story. For me, it's about, does does the pacing work? Have I executed the story? Does it tell the story I need to be told? And then you can look at it and go, okay, these are extra words. These are wordy things. These are scenes we don't need. But I never go into a book going, I'm going to make this book 150,000 words. I couldn't do that either. And, you know, there's not one scene in any of your books that could have been cut for that purpose everything is there for a reason she doesn't write fillers i know sometimes authors right. will do that or they'll throw in a sex scene just because they're they're trying to make that word count and i'm like you right. could have just made it into a novella and it would have been fine <laughs> and 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 so that's one of the things i love about you know tj's writing is that there aren't any fillers even though man of war was how many hours um total i think like 20 
23, 23 and a half. Yeah. And I wanted more. <laughs> well, and so this is the thing with it too. So like, I remember my editor on Man of War, she's like, I'm going to cut about 10,000 words out of this book. And she's like, oh, actually you're going to need to write about six um, when she got it because I, I had to make it bigger because I was missing pieces um, and, and stuff. And for me, well, I'm lucky. It's historical fiction with romantic elements, right? So I have to build your world for you. I have to give you history and then I've got to give you their story, right? So people, by the time they get to the turncoat and then the man of war and then the rebel, they've been in, they're vested now. They've gotten through the Tory and the traitor. Ha ha, I teed them up, right? Um, that first scene with Delancey scalping a woman in the beginning is really kind of set them up. But anyway, I've teed them up you know, in these shorter books and they realize that, that, that that's just how my story rolls. So I don't get too many people who are surprised now. They're like, oh my God, that book's so big. Like they get it, right? They're, they realize it from the very beginning that that's my content. That's how it's going to be. And even the trigger warnings and, and the content warnings, like they know that already when they get to this point, right? And I'm very transparent about that. And I'm transparent with my narrators as well as Danielle with it too. You know, understand that there's this content and there are times where I'm like, ha ha, there's this content. Um, <laughs> We just had that moment over the opening scene of the turncut. I'm like, Danielle, you do, this is what's really happening in this scene. And she's like, oh, you know, and, <laughs> and then, you know, and then it's, and also like even Kale's like, oh, you know, and we're, we're like, you know, so we can create and go there with the readers. So for me, it's the story warrants the word. And, and that's my ethos when I sit down. If I could make them shorter, I would, trust me. <laughs> but I'm glad that you don't. I mean, like I said, when I was listening to The Man of War, it, it flew by because you see the number you're going, there's 24 hours in a day and this one's 23 something. And you know, you're going, okay. But from the moment I hit play, it was just like listening and being engrossed in it. And wow. So this is where I say when it comes down to audio stuff, having to be able to provide us with that vision and that storytelling and then having the performers where you're going, I want more. Like I was like, well, you know, <laughs> Nicholas Bolton, I mean, and <laughs> Catherine Vinclair and Patrick Zeller and, you know, John Hartley and Tarlandella and Marnie Young and Jason Clark and, you know, Drew and James. I mean, that's that they like those are they're brilliant storytellers. Like I'm the story is mine. Right. But they're the tellers. Right. Like every little kid wishes their dad sat at their bedside or their mom and sounded like that. Right. And, and that's where the art I think of audio comes in is, yeah, you get a great script, but then you get these beautiful storytellers. And, um, and, and that's why Man of War, you know, was nominated the way that it was. And it won the way that it was, they just, it was magic. They really were just magic, that group together. It was just like kismet, like everything came together so brilliantly and so beautifully in that performance. So um, I will put, I will give some kudos away on that one big time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Danny, I know the authors are when, and as well for you, when it's your own book, get a little bit on that, you know, needles and pins about hearing some of that feedback from the the listeners and will they like it and stuff like that. But as a producer in this and as you know being part of this journey with tj do you also find yourself getting on pins and needles for people that are to listen yeah definitely i'm always talking her reviews <laughs> <laughs> thank you um well and you i'll share them with, send them to you. and i you send them to should. her too yeah well and here's the thing i think when when we execute on the vision like the collective vision between the two of us you know like it's like I've told you before, it's like a pyramid, right? She and I are kind of up here and then it kind of goes, you know, the narrators and then obviously, you know, the production and all that stuff. 
But like when we execute on a vision and when she and I walk away and we're like, yeah, this is how we want it to sound, then we're just hoping everybody gets it, right? That's always the thing with art is like you get it and you're passionate and you love it, but do they get it, right? Um, are they in on the joke or whatever you want to call it, right? And so that's the beautiful thing is when 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 people are in on it with you and hey, you know, it's a preference thing. People like and they don't and that kind of thing. But you know art when you hear it, even if you don't love it, you still can appreciate it, right? Or yeah. see it, you can still appreciate it. So yeah, I, I feel like it's, I mean, it really is just as much hers as it is mine, um, you know, because like I couldn't do it or execute on it without her. So it's just really this partnership and then obviously them too, right? Um, but but even before, even when, before we get to them, it's it's kind of like that, the two of you her and I were the two of us working together. So I'm just, I'm really, truly the luckiest author in, in this business. And I work with the hardiest working audio team in the world, like truly, like um, they just, they've, I mean, they've done what I could not do with just my books on the shelves. Danny, what do you think about that? <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's great working with TJ every time. And uh, it's really you're being nice. <laughs> it's it's a hundred percent collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent collaboration. You know, her. There will be no audiobooks without her words. I'm a horribly like for all my boastfulness. I'm a horribly like self-deprecating person. Like, don't don't like say nice things to me, please. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm always teed up for bad news. I'm like, okay, what is it today? Um, but you know, like when when somebody says something really nice, I'm like, ooh, like really? Are you just saying that? Like I, I struggle with that because we all have imposter syndrome. I don't yep. call mine I don't call myself imposter syndrome. I call myself a self-deprecating fuck. Um, I, I just am very, very hard on myself. Like I, no one out there in this world could possibly review me harder than I review myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the reason I struggle so much to listen to my audiobooks and obviously my sex scenes, because I know that I have a vision and I'm always infinitely trying to get at the execution and I'm just always a little bit away, you know? And so all I, I hear and see is that, that little bit, I wasn't able to, to reach. And maybe that's what keeps me pushing and trying to get better and trying to do better um, it also drives other people crazy um, because I'm pushing them too towards that as well. Um, and it can make people think you're difficult or that can make people think that you're hard on them, but it's, it's really not even about them. It's about you chasing that, that perfection, that dis- dysfunctional perfection that you're never going to achieve. So yeah, you definitely need to give yourself more credit because I mean, you're writing, you're writing style, the character development, it's all the foundation for everything. And even wanting the the getting to that one closer, that one moment closer to be quote unquote better um, and having that vision executed, you're asking and you're expecting better, which means you're, you know, you wouldn't ask of it if you didn't think they could do it. Yeah, absolutely. And there are times, you know, where I get probably what is the most incredible performance and I'm like, mm, give me more, you know, like I can see you going a step further. And the brilliant thing is, is that many times they, they actually get on board with this. Like Nicholas, perfect example. Like does Nicholas ever do anything that's not perfect? And he sends us this, we just needed this one word fixed. And he's like, well, that sounded like crap. I'm just going to redo the whole beginning. Yeah. Again. And he <laughs> sends us back the whole beginning, you know, and Danielle and I are like, well, that's even better, you know? So they do it. I think if they, they feel your 
passion and your faith in them and your like, you know, direction of them wanting to go further, they'll go further too as well. And I, we've been very fortunate. They've seriously all always like, none of them are like, fuck off TJ. Um, they've all been like, no, let's, let's go here. Let's see what, how far we can push it and what we can do. And Danielle too, as well. Yeah, I think we we're supposed to strive for for better and improvements and be able to get that feedback and say, okay, let's just figure this out. I don't ever want to get complacent where I think that I'm the I'm the best at this point. I'm going, no, I still have time. I want to improve. Whether that means taking this class or this class or listen to Danny say, hey, we need to do it this way instead, or listen to TJ, like mm-hmm. write it this way instead. There's always room for improvement and being able that to have someone in your corner that is like, all right, that was good, but I know you can do better. It's just, it's important to have that in your life. Otherwise you're just going to sit there and be complacent. We're like, no, I am who I am. And this is that. I'm like, okay, well then you're going to, you're going to stay there. I'm going to go over here. (laughs) Well, and to not be offended to be, because sometimes people can take that offensively, right? Like that's the biggest thing. It's not, it's meant as a corrective criticism, like in a world where everybody wants to, you know, like have things be very happy and very cushy and very perfect and work out not everything is, you know, it's sometimes it's like, no, I need you to step it up. I need you to work a little bit harder. I'm going to push you a little bit further, you know? Um, and, and coming from an author too, obviously Danielle usually delivers that. I usually am like, okay, Danielle, here's what I need. <laughs> um, and she does it so eloquently. Oftentimes has to send her emails over and go, okay, is this nice? Am I doing good? Um, I, just because I'm, I'm just a very direct person, but mm. I'm also extremely like, like, I just know what I want to hear. And the hardest character I am on, hands down, is John Carlyle. And, you know, when when I would listen to stuff, I'm like, okay, Danielle, this, 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 and this, this is what I need. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. You know, and, and the be- beautiful thing was, is that, you know, Kale was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And we had some dialogue when he was recording. He's like, okay, I can do this. Or, okay. And even John Hartley was like that too, as well as Patrick. And even Samantha too, she's like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And so there, you know, there, there's a, there's a nice constructive way to push mm-hmm. um, and to poke and to nudge. Um, and, and Danielle keeps me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> but we, we've been very fortunate that everybody that we work with, they're so open-minded. And when we say something, you know, like, can you give us more here? They also see the same potential that we see. And then they do, and they're like, okay, I'm really happy that it came out this yeah. way. Yeah. And then you get the Adam Gold who sends you five different versions, and you're like, okay, maybe. <laughs> now we can't choose. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we have problems. Like, yeah. now we have problems. If I really <laughs> yeah, fabulous was, problems. Uh, fabulous problems, right? Yeah, there was Which a is- section where he sent us uh, three different versions. And we could not pick. They were all, <laughs> they're all great. I I'm like, I have to call her. I'm like, I just, I said it to TJ and I said, good luck choosing. <laughs> and, and I called her and I was like, okay, we need to talk about this. There needs to be maps and like, we need diagrams and we need like everything. Like, what do we do with this? Um, and there've been a couple of scenes where we've done that too, as well. And it's, it's incredible to see what, um, and, and then, you know, and then it comes alive, right? For the yep. listener. So Absolutely. I look at it this way. If a listener, whatever we, we give them, Danielle and I, and obviously the narrators that work with us, it is the best that we possibly 
could do. You know, we look at it and we're like, this is our version of perfection. You know, this is our art. This is how we want. So any decisions we make together is always about, can we make this more beautiful and more interesting and more exciting for the listener, right? So that, yes, we're going to get those people that are like, this is a lot more than I want, or the story's not my style, and those are all okay. But in general, can we give them, and those people who get it, they're going to go, yeah, this was, you know, this was a total audio experience. So um, that's always kind of the ethos, like I said, the art component, and then did we give them everything but the kitchen sink? Or the kitchen sink too, as well. It definitely, when you get a TJ book, you get the everything. You do get the kitchen sink occasionally too, so. But again, I mean, it goes back to, we are all human beings and we can take things a certain way, but you don't ever want to placate yourself or rather you don't ever want to be at a point where you can't think you can do better. You want to strive for better. You want to strive to that's not this team's problem yeah no they're already there <laughs> they're wanting yeah, no. to, they're like tell me more what can i have done better which is great you know i love no. that about this team yeah and they're in a set i mean danielle and i were talking about the other day we're like we're probably like the hardest on ourselves than anybody and we're kind of malignant perfectionists i guess is the best way to put it because it's just we just want it to be we just really, I like, I just really want the reader to, to feel and see what I see and feel when I put it on my computer. And like I said, you know, for the eyeball readers, which I'm, I'm definitely an eyeball reader too. There's just something that audio allows, um, that the eyes don't right? Um, and so that's the fun of this, you know, you can make audio super fun. And so I challenge lots of other authors to see it for, it's just not one, it's, the medium is just not having someone narrate a book. It's having somebody create, recreate your world for you. And if you look at it that way, then you can, you can have just as much an amazing experience in doing it as I do. So, yeah, that's why I want to talk to you guys together because I find it fascinating dynamic duel that you guys are to make the products what it is. And it's good that you're hard on yourselves. I think to expect others to work as hard as you expect them and then you're going, ah, oh, but I'm good is not cool. <laughs> it's so not right. You're like, wait a minute. We don't, we don't have, we just, we never bought a, like, mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't think artists, like true artists are like that. I yeah. think true artists yeah. are like, how can I take it a step further, mm-hmm. you know? And you always get nervous when you bring on new people into your work, right? Because like in the end, it, it, it's mine, right? Like I pay the bills, like my name's on the book, right? Like in the end. So to some degree, the ownership is always on you and the, and, and the passion becomes predominantly yours, right? Like you have to see the vision first before other people can see the vision, right? Like so that being, being me and Danielle. And you always are nervous when you bring more people on. Are they going to be able to go there with you? And but you can also find those things out as you interview and you talk to people. And that's one of the things Danielle and I, um, both agree about as we bring people on and she will, she'll say this, we, we dialogue with everybody that we bring on. This is what we're doing. You know, obviously they audition, but, and we give all, and Danielle will speak to this too. We give all the notes, all the information, what we're looking for, set everybody up for success. And then, you know, when we, and, and because we want, we want the best possible audition. And I know Danielle agrees when you get sent out, 10 of them, you want the best 10 you can possibly get out of everybody. So then you can get the best sense of what you're going to get. Right. And then you bring them into the team and say, okay, thank you for your amazing audition. You're going to be amazing on this team. And this is the ethos of this team. You know what I mean? And so you feel like by setting them up for success and for what you're trying to do, 
then you get the right people who come onto your team and they want to be a part of it, you know? And for the process, we're also trying to do everything that we can to facilitate things for the narrators too, from giving them notes about the characters to prepping the manuscript. Like right now, uh, I told a couple of them, you know, I just need a couple of extra days for the pickups because I'm doing what I can to fix the ones that I can on my end. Like if it's mm -hmm. taking off like an extra word that they added, their performance mm -hmm. was just so great. I don't want them to mess with it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can't get any better than this. So if I can fix that, that pick up on my end so they don't have to re-record it uh, even better. It's the last that they have to do. Yeah. So it's, it's a whole process, like I said, and it starts from the audition all the way to through. through, right? Like, and there's an ownership on everybody's level, right? Like we, like one of the, the most important things I think from the very beginning is, is like I said, the setup for the perfect audition, give them all the information, everything that they need to, to, to know to come in and be successful and to find the right person, that introduction to the process. And then obviously Danielle does such a brilliant job, like with her timelines, sometimes I break them. Um, that's on me, um, but, but she, and then, you know, being, letting them know that we're here, both myself and her through the process for questions, and then obviously making them feel very comfortable. And then obviously the post-production, you know, she does all, you know, all this stuff. And then to when the book actually launches, you know, it's like that it, it's like the whole journey, like get it. They do tons of books and they've got lots on their plate, but I I've not found any of them that haven't really wanted to like have ownership through the whole process. So I know I'm excited for this to come out. I'm excited for when we get together again with all, with the narrators and do our round table. Cause that's always going to be fun. I'm always waiting to see how Tiki is going to react to something that one of them says. <laughs> well, I, and I'm sure there, and there's never a, a dull moment or a bomb nope. that is dropped right so yep, absolutely um, not it's one of the reasons where i'm like hey you want to do it again <laughs> i'm really easy i'm not easy to embarrass but i'm really easy to make red let's yeah. just put it that way <laughs> yeah. yeah and then then you got to give me those um, those clips so we can <clears throat> yes <laughs> The worst would be if you guys, like, if someone is, like, well, here's it. Well, okay. Let me I mean, we could get the, oh, okay. we can ask uh, the narrators to, to do, do it. Live, I know, live I'm live reading. reading. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, though. You know, I mean, if you do that, I can just, like, put myself on mute, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, we, I mean, yeah, it's still worth it, though. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. You guys are, you're I'm funny. pretty sure that you're going to be read for, like, an hour after the podcast, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't Honestly, think that temporary mute will work out too well. <laughs> you're like, yeah, none of that. Even if I hide my face, you know, it, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I mean, even after I record these ones like this, I usually get off and go, oh my God, what did you do? You know, I'm like, I seriously, <laughs> like, what did you say? Um, we could send them a challenge, like pick a, a sentence out of the book that you think mm. would embarrass TJ <laughs> and they can read it live during the podcast. This is Dude, why Kale's I love Danny. <laughs> Kale's got a lot of them. Uh, like seriously, he's yeah. got a lot of embarrassing ones for me. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think it. And now I'm like, oh, now I'm thinking, I'm like, what is embarrassing that anybody else has said that isn't coming out of Don Carlisle? Not, not embarrassing. No, not embarrassing, them, like, uh, to them, just the, but, the you know, those uh, steamy things, they're going to embarrass you. <laughs> mm -hmm. But even the reaction, I mean, I remember when uh, we were last time we talked and we, and uh, the scene that Patrick did with the drunk, I mean, like, you were like, oh, yeah, let's talk about 
that. I mean, because it was just such a great scene. I mean, it was fantastic oh, in it. Yeah. When I wrote that scene too, because it was basically I, I lived with a bunch of wrestlers in college, and it was mm -hmm. basically my roommates coming home loaded one night, you know, acting like a bunch of idiots. And so, and the funny thing was, Patrick was like, "Oh, I know these guys. Like, I used to hang out with these guys. I got it down." And I remember when <laughs> me and Danielle were listening to it, we were like, "Oh my God, is that really Patrick? Like for mm -hmm. real?" And then you can hear the outrage in like Catherine Sinclair's voice, and she wasn't even really in the room with them but she says uh, she's just totally outraged by it i'm like yeah we all know those dudes yeah. so yeah yeah i mean th there might be some good ones see that would be fun if you pop me with a few that are like ridiculous like that yeah. but um, danny you and i will get together afterwards before <laughs> okay. before we record and we'll figure some stuff out love you tj <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's all good it's all yeah. good in the neighborhood like i said well it, you know in, in the end i mean like I, it's what am i gonna do right if you surprise me you surprise me but um yeah. just know that revenge is cold <laughs> the best is a dish best served cold it's a clean gun mm. proverb and i will immortalize you in fiction yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck she's gonna write me in a book and kill me off <laughs> but you know then there will be revenge to the revenge <laughs> all i gotta say it's, is i'm, I'm this can become it, like so. a never-ending cycle oh yeah it could be a cycle of revenge well you know i mean i gotta be honest with you I, it, I, no author out there is innocent of not getting even with somebody in a book we've all oh done yeah it, so. no yeah i mean there's a mug with it i mean uh <laughs> i'm off but, but i'm like the good thing is that i also have books so if i end up in one you <laughs> might end up in one too and you know <laughs> if alexi ends up dead <laughs> There's always Tucker from the Sinner series that could die. <laughs> I can I'm just an game. innocent bystander who's hosting the two of you. I'm going to be like, you guys are playing ping pong and like, boom, look to your left, boom, look to the right of the ball. Here's, here's the, the characters. Board. Yeah. And the poor readers are like, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I love having the two of you together. It's 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 been great and having to Thank showcase the, the dynamic, right? That this can be done. This is how it should be, you know, done when you have the right team, that it, it could be so much fun, even in those moments where you're going, are you fucking kidding me? To trust in that team that you have is fantastic. So guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you both for being part of this year's audiobook loving series. It's It's been fantastic. And I cannot wait until this book comes out so we can all listen to it. So thank you again for being here, both of you. Thank you, Thanks Rare for Bird, for showing up, Danielle. <laughs> yeah, Danny, I thank you for letting me pop your cherry. Um, <laughs> I hope this threesome was good for you. <laughs> it was, it was great. Like I said, you may never see that rare bird again, but you know, yeah. she's here today. So I had her. Well, I'll, I'll be back for the round table. So. Yes. Oh, and then right. I'll disappear for another year. Yeah. <laughs> They'll see you again. Yep. In, in, yep. in another year. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Viv. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Everyone. Thank you for thank hanging you. out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this interview chat as well as a series. I'll make sure to include both of theirs social media information on the main page over at Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listening. A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway.
If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>